You're listening to the home of cool, irreverent, and entertaining talk right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Art of Love. My name is Lucia. I'm your host and a dating and relationship expert. And I'm here to entertain, educate, and enlighten you about love, dating, and relationships. Solve your dating dilemmas, take live calls, answer your emails, and speak to authors of books, which I find interesting. And today we are going to help... Women understand men, and men understand women. Yes, believe it or not, the age-old problem of the miscommunication, but we are going to look into man-ease and woman-ease with my guest, who is Dr. Yes, it's a doctor, (laughs) Karen Gale Lewis. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm fine. Glad to be here. Yes, glad to have you. So you've written a wonderful book called Why Don't You Understand? A Gender Relationship Dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) Love that title. As soon as I saw it, I said, I need to interview this lady, this doctor. And let me um, give your um, qualifications, which are many. You are okay. a, <laughs> a marriage and family therapist for a long time. We won't say how long because you said that makes you sound old. Um, you, have, <laughs> you have a master's in social work and a doctorate in cons, uh, consulting psychology, the author of seven books, and you've been on the faculty of several universities in the U.S. and Chile. So welcome. Great. Thank uh, you. So how did you and come I, to... And I, yes. I, I can confess, it is just under 40 years I've been practicing. Right, but you're only 50. <laughs> you started That's young. That's right. <laughs> and um, so how did you come to write this book, and who is it for? Well, the reason I, th- I felt the need to fill in the number of years is because that's why I decided to write the book. Mm-hmm. After 38, 39 years of sitting with couples, married couples, single couples, um, and single men and women, you know, talking about the relationships, I kept hearing a lot of the same things over and over again, and I kept saying a lot of things back, and finally it just occurred to me that Mars and Venus, you know, John Gray did a great job of popularizing the concept of Mars and Venus, but that isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. People have to know what to do. Right. And they needed to be able to be clear that some of the words they use are why they're getting in trouble, because they use similar words and they think they have similar meanings, and they don't. And I just decided finally that it was important for me to to make this dictionary, and it is a dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, with seventy eight words um, that are used for differently by men and for women. And if you understand, if men and women understand, and can look up the words that they are having problems with, and we'll talk, I'm sure, at some point how to do that. Yes. Um, then it really is a very handy tool for 
decreasing the number of, of repetitive conflicts that couples get into. Because one of the things I've found is with couples, and you probably know, every, your listeners I'm sure know, mm-hmm. you tend to have the same argument over and over again. Right. You know, the topic changes. Um, and so it's an effort to really to make a, 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 a help couples stop that pattern. One of the things I found is that 40, 60, I'm sorry, 65%, at least 65% of the couples, of the arguments that couples have are related to these gender differences. And if they could remove them, then they have, they still have some arguments, mm-hmm. <laughs> but right, of then they only have 35% arguments as opposed to 100% arguments or whatever. Right. Okay, so let's um, let's get into it. Now, you talk about men expressing their affection and letting their partners know they love them by being helpful, and but women don't see this as a sign of love. So, how does that cause problems in relationships? Okay, men men offer advice, which is the first word in the dictionary. Men offer advice and they offer um, suggestions as a way of saying. I really care and I want you to know I care enough that I'm going to offer you some advice. I'm going to give you some suggestions. Now, if the woman wants the advice and suggestions, it's not a problem. And one of the things about all these words, sometimes they're not a problem. Mm -hmm. But if a woman has just come home, let's say, and been fired or her best friend is, is stopped talking to her and she wants to, she just wants him to listen because she's really upset and she wants to just emote. And he jumps in to say, well, here's what you ought to do. He thinks he's being helpful to her. He is not listening to her. He is belittling her because, for the most part, uh, women often say, well, I know that. I can do that, but I, I'm not ready to do anything yet. You know, sure, I know I can follow a grievance, but I don't want to talk about following a grievance yet. I just want you to listen and tell me to, to listen to how hurt I am. So the woman feels belittled. She feels that he's telling her she's dumb. She doesn't know how to handle it. And she feels he's not listening to her, mm. which uh, is really sad because the man really wants to be empathic. Right. They think they're showing that they love them, but instead the woman perceives it differently. That's right. And it's a matter of giving a gift. Um, and, in fact, gift, uh, gift giving are other words in the dictionary. But it's similar to that. It's giving a gift in the style that you, the giver, want to give, not in the way that the receiver wants. Mm-hmm. So, like, can I tell you one of the things that I do with um, most of these words, not all, but most of the words in the dictionary, I also give you alternatives how you can get around it. And so for on this issue of advice, because it's, it's important for women to understand that men are not doing it to belittle them, that's how it feels, but that's not why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, so it's important for women to understand that, and it's important for men to understand there's a better way that you can give your advice, and there's a better way you can give your caring. You can give your caring by saying, by asking, do you want advice? Do you want a suggestion? And then she can say yes, or she could say no, or she can say yes, but not now. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. listen to me complain first, and then you can give me a suggestion. And also women always complain to me that, oh, he never says I love you. But meanwhile, they don't realize that just by his actions, uh, he shows that he loves them. Exactly. And that's another word, uh, set of words, uh, phrase in the dictionary, I love you, that exactly men do it very, very differently than women. And so you're right that they would, women would not hear 
you know, why don't you file a grievance or why don't you write a letter to your best friend or pick up the phone and call or something is not saying, I love you. No. <laughs> she doesn't hear it that way anyway. And that, that brings me, I should say at the onset that I talk about these languages as males and females, you know, like Chinese and Japanese. Right, right. So males and females. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong or one is better than the other. Women speak their language, and that is their language, and men speak their language, and it is right for them. The problem, and when they're talking with their own sex, no problem. Mm-hmm. The problem only comes when they're talking with each other. So it's not a matter of, I want you to do it my way. It's, you got your way, I got mine, how are we going to negotiate this? Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Now, of course, men are notorious for never wanting to apologize. So why is it that men have such a hard time trying to say, I'm sorry? Everyone knows the joke about men not asking for directions, although yes. some men do. Yes, well, now we have but GPS. I'm sorry? We have GPS now. No one needs to ask for directions anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, men have been, from childhood on, men have been raised, and for, for centuries, um, and then for each generation, mm-hmm. have been raised that they are not supposed to be a loser. They're supposed to be a winner. And they're, they're, there's a built-in competitiveness for men, that for males, that is not built in from childhood on for females. And so if a man admits, I made a mistake, that is saying, whoops, I am a loser. And I go into much more detail on that uh, in the book, but in the dictionary, but um, in the concept winner, loser. But briefly, for to understand this, is for a man to be able to say, I apologize, that means he has, he has been a loser, he's made a mistake, um, and that's not good. It makes him feel bad about himself, and therefore she will, the she will not see him so well, is what he thinks. But there's been something else also. Research has shown that men uh, tend to externalize. To, when there's a problem, they blame, they put the blame outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Women, when there's a problem, they put the blame internal. They blame, they they take the blame on themselves, self-blame. Yes. Men externalize. So for a man to say, "I'm sorry," that means he's taking the responsibility onto himself. So he's much more likely to say, if you, if uh, he knock the vase of hers off the table, he's much more likely, rather than the first sentence being, I'm sorry I broke the vase, which women, we women more than likely would do, his more likely might be, why was that vase sitting there? Right. Yeah, that vase shouldn't have been there. Or you put that vase there. Or something that, so it's either blaming her or blaming the vase or the whatever. Right. So maybe her is... And it all has to... And, and maybe what? And I was going to say, maybe her response, when he says that, her response can be apology accepted. <laughs> well, exactly, because since women take blame, she would say, oh, it, mu- it must be my fault. I put the blame. <laughs> I'm, it must be my fault that vase was there. Now, I'm being silly because not yeah. all women would do that. No. Um, but there are lots and lots and, and lots of examples where women... In fact, research shows that if a man steps on, if, if uh, anyone steps on a woman's f- a foot, this was just amazing, mm-hmm. uh, this piece of research, that if uh, someone steps on a woman's foot, she's likely to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. But the sorry does not mean, I'm, I mean, what can, I'm, it doesn't mean, I'm sorry, my foot was underneath yours. Right. <laughs> the sorry means, 
I'm sorry I'm putting you in a position where you have done something that is really bad. You have stepped on my foot or you've done something that makes you uncomfortable. And, and that to me, when I read that research, I just was just awed by that because it, you we women, all of us, know how often we say, I'm sorry. Every day. And it doesn't have anything, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with being, apologizing for something that we have done. Right, we're not sorry. But, yeah, much of the time. <laughs> not really. Time, <laughs> um, okay, now let's move on to uh, compliments, because um, you say women need compliments more than men. Right, this is a real biggie. This is, I mean, a lot of these are real biggies. Yeah, this is another big. one of the real biggies. That, and it's a catch-22 for a man because a woman really does need to hear, um, you, you look lovely. Yes, we do. And the catch-22 is if the woman says, you know, how do I look, and the man says, you look lovely, he's, she's likely to say, you're just saying that because I asked. Right. Which may be true. It may be he didn't occur to him to tell her, but she was thinking it. Mm-hmm. He may not be lying. It just he may never have occurred to him to say anything. So he's in a real catch twenty two with that. And women need to understand how they set men up that way. Um, but women need to do need to hear that things about them that the man likes, yes. and men are less likely to need that. In, and you, I know you read the book, so you probably mm-hmm. uh, remember the, the uh, shoebox and the mantle. Yes, that we're going to that. Mm-hmm. Can I talk about that? Because cause that's related to this. Okay. If a woman has... Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You say I'm apologizing. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> um, if a man has something very special... And I'm using the meta- the relationship as a metaphor now for something very special. He t- wraps it up very gently and puts it into a shoebox and tucks it under his bed. And you can't see my hand motions, but I'm touching, tapping the box and it goes under the bed. Uh-huh. The woman has something very special. She puts it on her mantle. And every time she walks by, she, she, takes it, she shines it, she readjusts it, she dusts it, she calls people over to look at it. And it's... That's the one of the, of the many core differences between men and women. So a compliment to a woman, she is out there and she wants to be adjusted and dusted and she wants to be, I'm mixing back and forth to the metaphor yeah. now, but she wants someone to be paying, uh, the man that she loves to be paying attention and commenting on her and on the relationship and how much he cares about her. He's got it. It's tucked under his bed. He doesn't have to comment on it. Mm. Yeah. So inside yeah. the male-ease, there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. Inside female's, there's nothing wrong with what she's doing. It just doesn't happen to be together. There's a problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to a big one, which is conversation. Because <laughs> you say for men, <laughs> the purpose of information of conversation is just, it's not chit-chat. It's just to report information where, of course, it's the opposite for women. Exactly. So if you start with core difference in the purpose of conversation. The woman wants to connect and relate and the man wants to get information. You're ben- you're, you can see where n- not all, but many conversations are going to have problems right at the onset. Yes. Because the woman just wants to be talking and chatting with him and having him respond to her and, and so they feel close. She feels close to him. And he's waiting for a question, another word in the dictionary. 
because it come from it, it, then he'll know what information she needs. If she's just talking, he's going to sit there and wait and wait. Like and I'm doing now. <laughs> and yes, and she's going to get angrier and angrier because he is not relating back to her. Yeah, he's waiting. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He is waiting. So, and he's waiting for a question because men need a question. Yes. If they're going to, not all the time, again, I want to be clear, not all the time, but when you come across problems, this is what's happening. So then what should the guy do? Instead of waiting for a question, just interject once in a while? Um, the answer, of course, I'm a woman. The answer, of course, he should. Yes, of course. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but, but for the men, that doesn't really work for them because that isn't how their brain works. Yeah. So women, you know, men need to know if that's what's, if the woman is going on and on and he may want to say, is there something you want from me or, or do you want me just to listen? Or he could, if she's going on and on and repeating herself and she, it's something she wants from him but she hasn't gotten to the end and she keeps going on and on and on as we t- women tend to do, particularly if men don't respond. If they don't jump in to respond, yeah. he could say, "Is this? Could you put a period, and then you know, I'll I'll know that you're finished talking, so I can say something." Because men may very well just wait. Right, which is also, so, um, you know, the way that um, it's different with women, in uh, the sense that um, when the guy is talking, if he pauses. They don't realize he's just thinking and he hasn't finished saying what he's going to say, and so they jump in when he hasn't finished. Right. Exactly. So you can see how... And so you, know, you would think that something as simple as conversation between two people who love each other would not be a problem. And for some reason that... We don't have time to go into now, yes. but for some reason on at the beginning, when a couple first gets together they maneuver around this but once they get familiar with each other it is amazing how many couples have real problems having a simple conversation not until that. so the man often i'm sorry what well not up until now now they'll read your dictionary and they won't have problems having a conversation <laughs> right <laughs> if they read the book so the man gets quieter and the woman talks more yes and you know, and that's why men say women talk too much. I guess. And research does show, I don't know if this part's true. You hear about it. I've never done any research on this, and I've yeah. never heard who actually did the research, so I can't. But it's funny, whether it's true or not, that women talk seven times more than men. No, women talk seven times more words per day than a man. Frankly, I think it's yeah. 70 or 700 times. Words. No, and then actually, re- no, I think it was like um, men say 7,000 words a day and women say 20,000. That was the old myth. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, seven <laughs> times more. That would be a lot. Um, but then something came out last year, some sort of study saying that there really wasn't that much of a difference. So who knows what the truth is now? Well, I, one of the things that um, I don't know if this has been studied, I certainly haven't, but I have seen it, is that men talk a lot about what they want to talk about yes. because they're passing information. And they may be telling you about the news, something happened on the news. They may be telling you what goes on at work. Um, so they use a lot of words, but in a different category of words than women who use words telling you what, what's happening between people or what's going on in their life, emotional world, or 
what they did during the day. Um, yeah, it's just the conversation so is different. It, 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 yeah, so it's back to a different purpose. Right, right. Okay, so let's move on from that to, and this I found um, fascinating because I actually didn't know it, but I suspected it, that men, they look at relationships from a point of view of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, whereas women are thinking that they need to prevent problems from becoming bigger. So explain that a bit. Okay, um, another biggie. And as you say, you know it. Some of these things you just know until you read it. You you don't know that you know it. You just know it. And then when you, as you said, you, you read it and then you say, yeah, I knew that. Uh-huh. Um, there's a, a story that I used to hear when I was a kid about the little boy who was putting, to get, always loved taking things apart. Mm-hmm. And, and it used to be a clock or a toaster or whatever. And then he would put it back together and he would have one or two pieces left over. <laughs> and it'd be a, a message that you shouldn't be messing with these clocks or whatever. But that actually is a good metaphor for what happens for men because they have, they really have been trained. The message that they have learned from childhood on is if you deal with a problem, you could make it worse. And therefore, men tend not to raise an issue until it is really, really bad. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's until they're ready to walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, Women, on the other hand, have been raised that it's their responsibility, and this is historic, going back to biblical days, actually, um, but being that it is their responsibility to fix a relationship, to have a relationship for single women. They're, they're supposed to have one. If they don't, it's their fault. Right. <laughs> and if they do have a relationship and there's a problem, it's their job to fix it. So women have are on the alert for all, at all, yes, all times. Yes, we're you know, always on alert. I'm exaggerating here. But to look for potential problems or a small problem and try to draw attention and let's fix this before it gets bigger. So here's the woman is saying, here's a little problem, let's fix it before it gets bigger. And here's the man saying, if it's not big, I'm not going to touch it. Causes a lot of conflict. I know. So what do we do as women? Well... I have some steps in the back of the, the dictionary. I have um, basically some work exercises, uh, practice exercises. Um, and one of them is um, steps for how to have a discussion so that men have some guidelines. The reason, one reason men don't like to have, get into a, a um, resolving a problem or identifying a problem is because, as we were just saying, women are better with words mm-hmm. than men. So why are you going to go into a discussion with someone who has skills that you don't have? Right. In my office, I often use the example of, um, what is it, weight um, boxing or wrestling, where there are different weights. I don't know anything about weight wrestling classes. or boxing. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's wrestling where you have different weight categories. Yeah. And they don't down. put light weights in with heavy weights. Right, right, right. Well, right, women, right, right. Yeah, women are verbal heavyweights. We are. Why would a man <laughs> willingly get into a man who's a verbal lightweight? Why uh-huh. would he get into a conversation with a woman who's a verbal heavyweight? So when you ask the question, what do you do about it? You need guidelines that equalize it so that the woman is contained so she doesn't run over him. And so the man has steps what he can do so he can hold his own. Okay, so that's... And some of these, I don't know if you want me to mention some of these steps, but they're... Um, no, they, they, are, can, they can buy the book and find out. <laughs> okay, that's right. Hey, mm-hmm. but so, 
so the old, uh, you know, this whole thing, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So is that why men seem to not propose until basically the woman is out the door or about to walk out the door? That is certainly why, a, yes, um, uh-huh. or why a couple is having problems and the man won't say, ooh, I think there's a problem until she's out the door. Yes, absolutely. I can't tell you the number, the number, hundreds uh-huh. of couples over the years where the man's rarely the one to come in to initiate the call, mm-hmm. but when he's the one, 98% of the time, he does the call because she has just walked out the door or said, I'm walking out the door. So, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, so, like, they don't... What are we, so, so, what are women supposed to do? It's like, now if we want to solve a problem, we have to threaten to leave or leave? No, but that's where these 13, and I think I have them on my web somewhere, um, these 13 steps, uh, but they're in the book also, Uh that when you understand what they are, the she can raise, she can raise topics, and what happens, let me say it this way, what happens, the woman's unhappy that that that's something with the man, and she raises it in such a way that he doesn't hear her. So he can honestly say, I never heard her say she was unhappy because she never (laughs) said very explicitly, I'm unhappy with a question mark on the end and then one or two sentences. And what she would do is she'd go on and on and on about all the things she's unhappy about, which is just a complaint. And men have learned to tune that out because they're waiting for the question. If there's no question, they tune them out. So women have to learn how to present one complaint at a time. Mm how to do it in three, maximum four sentences. Yes. End with a question. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of other steps for um, removing blame, because if you blame, you know, you will shame him, and men are very acutely uh, sensitive to feeling like a loser, feeling shame. Mm-hmm. So they're very specific steps that, if a woman takes, will work very well in relation. And men like structure. Men are very good if they because it's information. If they know what the structure is, they can handle it. And so women need to to know that and present it differently. And if they don't, if the woman just starts complaining, then because it takes only one of them to change, make a change, the man can say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, this isn't working for me. Can we use go by the guidelines?" And you know, I do suggest couples have these guidelines written out so they can go back and use them when. Um, they get stuck. Right. I mean, one of the guidelines is you say you set a time to talk. Um, so why is that important? Oh, so important because we women, it's... We can we talk just anytime. Been doing whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it anytime Any and place. it's always on our mind. Yes. Always on our yes. mind. So if something comes up, we say it at that moment. Well, at that moment, he may be figuring out, he may be having gas pains and thinking whether he has to go to the bathroom or not. He may be watching TV or working the computer. He may be worried about money and doing mental uh, financial calculations. His mind isn't tuned in. So a woman may be able to switch over very easily, but the man can't, Mm -hmm. especially not for something that's emotionally charged that he's not going to do very well in any way. So it's really important to say, can we set a time and let the man pick a time and make sure that it's no more than thirty, no more than a mac, uh, than an hour, because men just can't do more oh, yeah. than an hour, mm-hmm. if that long. That gives, yeah, and that gives a man a sense of control. 
so and he knows what the topic's going to be, and he knows when it's going to be, and he can gear up for it. Okay, good. Uh, let me and, ask who, you. and if a woman does that, then she has a man who's more ready and right. willing to talk. Attentive. So let me ask you something that it's not in the book, but since I have you on the phone, I figure you might know the answer to it. Um, do guys like it when a woman pursues them? It depends. On the guy? Um, there is uh, some guys love a woman pursuing them uh-huh. until the men are caught. <laughs> and then the women back off. Uh-huh. And then the men are, hey, wait a minute, what's happened? Some men feel very threatened by a woman who is, there's a new book out that talks about um, the men who feel very threatened by women who pursue them, mm-hmm. who are taking the lead. Um, I don't, frankly, I don't think it's enough to to say that. I, I think there are some men who really like it, some men who don't. But what is true, whoever does the pursuing, uh-huh. once they're caught and they're together, the man's going to tuck it under the shoebox, tuck it in, in the shoebox and uh-huh. under the bed, and then the woman's going to feel like she's always pursuing. Ah. So maybe she shouldn't be pursuing. That, well, it's just that she then feels annoyed. Wait a minute. You were pursuing me before, or you liked it when I pursued you before, whichever way it was. Yeah. Um, and now you're pulling away. Right. Now I'm in the shoebox. Okay. Right. One, one of the right, one of the best. I love that. Now I'm in a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know that's the, one of the things. I'm so glad you said it, Lucia, uh-huh. because he, a sense of humor is really important. To be able to have a sense of humor, and if a woman is feeling the man doesn't care, if they've already talked about these things, she can say, "I feel like I'm in a shoebox. Do you mind taking me out?" <laughs> And that feels a lot better to the man than her saying, you don't ever talk to me. You ignore me. You pretend like I'm not here, you know, with complaints that make him feel like a loser. Right. So she could humorously say, I feel like I'm a shoebox. Hey. Please take me out. It'll be a new term everybody will be using. Remember, I coined it. (laughs) Right. With help from you. Um, So let's talk about another biggie, and that is the man's ego. So is it true that men have a fragile ego? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Can I restate that? Is it true that women have been raised to believe that men have a fragile ego? Okay. Uh Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. In every course that I've ever taught, and I'm talking about courses I've taught for graduate students who are all in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. I'm not talking about young kids. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about grown adults. When I ask the women, when I ask the men, have you ever heard, or did you know, have you ever heard or did you know that women think you have a fragile ego? Um, a small handful, sometimes none, sometimes one or two people say they've heard it or they know it. Mm-hmm. Many men don't even know that women are raised that way. Wow. And, and so many men, when I ask that question, are angered. That, that's insulting. Why would you think I have a fragile ego? Uh-huh. And the irony is because that means that he's a loser. Right. He's weak. <laughs> so women are raised to think that men have a fragile ego, which is the very thing that men are raised not to have <laughs> is be a loser. So they don't have it? <laughs> so, no, men do not have fragile ego. Okay, all right. 
But what does happen, what I can tell you what does happen is that women talk to men sometimes is assuming that they would react the way we women react. So I don't want to say anything that might hurt your feelings because if you said it to me, it would hurt my feelings. But most of the time, the things that we don't want to say to a man because it's going to hurt his feelings isn't going to hurt his feelings. We just think it would hurt ours, mm -hmm. so we don't say it. Ah, okay. All right. Glad we got that myth uh, taken care of. So let's, right. talk, let's talk about sex, <laughs> everyone's favorite topic. Okay. <laughs> now, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned free, no, free, pre-foreplay, which is great. It's true. Before foreplay, we need pre-foreplay. So please explain what that is. Okay. Men who are listening, are there, going to be, yes. are there some men listening here? I hope so. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there are. The men who are listening know that, okay, let's, let me back up and say the word intimacy is one of the very specific words that men say intimacy and they mean intercourse. Mm -hmm. Women mean, say intimacy and they mean all the feelings that make them feel wonderful and loved and cared about and connected to the man so that they want to have intimacy. Intercourse. <laughs> and and one of those things that men have learned over the years is that you have to do foreplay. You know, they may not want to, but, you know, if you're going to get an interest, woman interested, you've got to play around a little first. That's right. And I'm being a little silly here, but men love it when I laugh, when I say that in joke because they know it's true. Right. It's true. <laughs> but there's what I call one step before foreplay. Mm -hmm. Women have to have the mindset. They have to be ready yes. to even think about because we're busy thinking about, do the, oh, oh, did I get the lunch for the kids or what the carpool for the kids tomorrow and oh I still have a laundry to do or the, I, you know I forgot something at work and I need to you know so our minds are constantly thinking of all the things we need to do and take care of and for a man to come in and say you know I'm ready to have sex right now <laughs> the woman is, is it's sort of like the man's at the airport and the woman's at the train station uh -huh. <laughs> what's <laughs> that just, mean? <laughs> they both may want to get on, on this trip but they're not at the same, same place oh okay and and so pre-foreplay allows some transition time for the woman to get to the point where she even wants to think about getting involved sexually, which will include foreplay at that point. Mm -hmm. And men don't understand this. And one reason they don't is because when men have, and men have a penis, can, I can say this over the radio, yes, right? Yes, please, go ahead. Men have a penis, <laughs> and they get erections, and they get erections physiologically. All the time. You know, it just happens. Yes. And they have to pay attention to it because it's on their body. And the best comparison I have for women is that for a woman who's been pregnant, you know that you're constantly tuned into what's happening inside your body mm -hmm. because especially when there's movement there. That's a, sort of a parallel I give to how women understand what it's like for a man to have this thing that moves. Uh. And of its own accord. He doesn't have to do anything. It yeah. just moves of its own accord. Yeah, yeah. wow. So he something can happen. His pants rub too tightly, and suddenly he has an erection. Wow! And so now he's ready for sex. And men need to understand women don't do that. No. <laughs> and women need to understand it isn't that the man is always, you know, grabbing at them. It is what happens that leads them to that point. So then they can talk about how are we can negotiate this. And I said that a couple of times that the biggest thing that men and women need to do is a four-letter word that ends in K. 
uh-huh. and does not start with an F. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Take a guess what it starts with. Uh, I already know the answer to that. <laughs> I read the right, book. it starts with a T. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. And it's, they have to talk. They have to negotiate. Once you understand males and females, then you are, have the opportunity to say, okay, what do we do? Let's talk about how we're going to handle this the next time it comes up. Not in the middle of a fight, but when time is quiet, how do we handle this situation? Because it comes up a lot. What should we do so that you don't, I don't snap at you and you don't snap at me and whatever. Right. Um, yeah, because, you know, like guys are ready to have sex, of course, anytime, and and the woman, and so if he tries to have foreplay, the woman's like, wait, I wasn't even thinking about that. I need to get into a mindset. That's why women need romance, at least some, a bit of romance. Right. Exactly. And I have a headache is the best response, the metaphorical response that comes out. It's, it isn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind, but I'm not there yet. Yes. What comes out is, I don't want to. And when the woman says no, the man feels bad, and he feels unloved, and so he pulls away, mm-hmm. or he tries harder. Yes, which is worse because he doesn't because he doesn't want to feel unloved. He tries harder, which makes her madder. <laughs> so then he pulls away, or he tries harder. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a, again, it's it's a really bad cycle that is unnecessary. Right. If men and women understand their each other's language. Well, now we do. So, uh, what is the female aphrodisiac? Okay. Um, again, it's what we were basically talking about. Okay. It is women need some kind of romance. Okay. And, or some kind of pre, if you will, the pre-foreplay. Yeah. And the, one of the best aphrodisiacs is this four-letter word that ends in K that oh, we all okay. now know starts with a T. Right, right. Talk, letting, um, having a man talk about what he feels and sharing with a woman what she feels is far more arousing to a woman than a romantic dinner with candles and a diamond and or a diamond necklace. You know, <laughs> women may like those things, but what's really going to get right to her heart is uh, and make her really feel ready and wanting to make love is feeling this emotional connection with mm-hmm. his being able to share with her. Can I interrupt for a second yeah. to say that uh, a number of, all of these are in the book, mm-hmm. um, and the book yes. is Why Don't You Understand um, a Gender Relationship Dictionary? But you can, all your listeners can get excerpts from the book mm-hmm. by going to dr.fordoctor. Uh, I'm sorry, don't go there. Let me okay. give you a better one to go okay. to. Go to Gender Dictionary. Ah, dot com. Okay. If you go to genderdictionary.com, you will be able to get your free excerpts. And then if you want, you can buy the book right there also. But you can just get the excerpts for um, some of the words and really get a sense of what it is that we're talking, you and I are talking about today. Right. Okay, cool. I was going to mention that at the end, but I'm glad you mentioned it now. Um, let's move okay. on to love and hate because I found this really interesting because you say that when people are afraid to feel the full extent of their anger, they're actually preventing themselves from feeling the full extent of their love. And, of course, you know that women have been socialized not express their anger. Exactly. Exactly. Another catch-22. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will ask you a question that you already know the answer. Okay. But we can pretend like you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the opposite of love? Indifference. <laughs> right. Everyone else is going to say hate. Right. And you're going to be wrong. You know the answer is indifference. Yeah. And the opposite of hate is not love. 
is indifference. Because love and hate are both um, emotional, and you have to be emotionally invested. Yeah. You're, they're intense. Um, indifference is, you therefore, care. indifference is the opposite. You have to really love someone enough to get really angry at them. You have to love them enough and to if hate you don't them. Get, I'm sorry? You have to love them enough to hate them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And if people are uncomfortable with the word hate, then you can say, be mad at them. Some people are, you know, get really intimidated by the word hate. Yeah. I don't. I, um, but if you, if you are not allowing yourself to the free reign of expressing, and appropriately, there are a lot of ways to express your, your hate or your anger uh, without screaming and yelling. In fact, those are two not no that neither of those are good ways. Nobody hears when they're being screamed at. No. Um, but if you can express your anger in a very clear, direct, quiet way, um, you'll get the point across, and you'll also have a better chance of resolving what you were angry about, which then causes both both parties to feel intense desire for each other because they've just had this intense experience. And so it's not surprising that very often after a really good argument, a clean argument, mm-h. um, that couples then want to make love. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so when then women just need to learn to express their anger, but in a constructive manner. That's right. Um, men, neither men nor women do anger well. No. Um, men tend to either explode or to be silent or silently walk away, sit there silently, or get up and storm out of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, men tend to, women tend to cry, yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, complain. They may yell, but they're just complaining. Uh, neither of which, none of these styles work very well for getting your point heard. And the point of being angry, I would think, is to be able to express what you're angry about and have some resolution that makes you feel better and takes care of the problem. And so the book is still the dictionary. It is a book, but I call it a dic- it is a dictionary. It's both. Um, it's, it's filled with uh, a variety of, of ways to learn how to do that. Right. Okay, good. Because, you know, we all get angry and we don't know what to do with it, and uh, we need to learn to express it uh, in a way that the other person will hear us and do something about it. Exactly. That's right, and that's the important thing. Express it in the way the other person can hear it, because otherwise you're just venting. And it may make you feel better, but it doesn't make a difference. No, no, and then eventually they'll pull the other away. Person has to... I'm sorry? Eventually they'll want to pull away if you're always uh, expressing your anger in a non-constructive manner. Exactly. And then you repeat the same fight over and over yes. and over. I've told you a hundred times! <laughs> if I told you once, I told you a thousand times. <laughs> that's right. But if the person isn't listening to the first one, they certainly matter. didn't listen to the thousandth one. Yeah, and, you know, touch, it's being touching us, I mean, you said earlier when, when guys say, you know, when their wife leaves or their girlfriend leaves and they go, I didn't know she was unhappy. And the wife is like, what? <laughs> How exactly. could you not know? <laughs> exactly. That is exactly it. Yeah. So um, now into the phrase, I love you. And this was something I always wondered because I always heard that for guys, uh, guys feel like connecting to a woman through making love. So explain how that works because it, it's not the same for women. I'm sorry. There was a gap in the phone, so I, I didn't yeah, hear that. Yeah, you know, under the expression, I love you, I've always heard that guys, in order to feel close to a woman, they need to have sex with her, whereas it's different for women. So explain that a bit. 
Right. Okay. You said make love, and that threw me off because it's sex. Okay. Um, Same thing. So, <laughs> um, what happens is this is another train in the airport. Okay. Uh, situation okay. where the couple really want to take this trip together and they're just not in the same place. The man, if particularly if a man is feeling distant from a woman, and he wants to feel close, he will say, "I want to have." He'll say, "I want to make love. Let's go to bed. Whatever it is, you know the intent is that he wants to have intercourse. He mm-hmm. wants to make love with her." Mm-hmm. The problem for her is if she's not feeling connected to him. That, as we've talked about before, right? She doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. For her, particularly their tension, she needs to feel that they've gotten close first before she wants to. So the man has to feel. The man wants, in order for the man to feel close, he ha- he wants to have sex first, which allows him to feel close. And in order for a woman to want to have sex, she has to feel close. And so they're just, she's at the airport and he's at the train station. Yeah. So again, what do we do? That four-letter word uh. <laughs> <laughs> ends in K. Yes. Uh, and so they can negotiate. And that's a particularly difficult one to negotiate because the woman really can't push herself to necessarily to no. feel close enough to want to make love. Um, and the man won't know how to go about doing what she wants so that he can get what he wants. So they really do have to come to some kind of, you know, and that's where the uh, if the man understands pre-foreplay, that's something, again, men like rules, they like structure. He can know that if he wants to make love, that he needs to be uh, talking with her before they go upstairs. Right. Um, assuming their bedroom is upstairs. <laughs> or that he can say, let's play a game of cards. Uh, can you stop you know, doing the laundry or whatever you're doing, and let's play a game of cards. And then later that night, he can say, let's make love. Um because he will have already made, let her know that he is connecting with her in some way. So he can do that. Mm-hmm. And the woman can say, you know, I don't feel like it now, but if maybe if we can do something together later today, um, I'll feel like it later um, this evening. Yeah, because this is where I think men have the misunderstanding that the women are using, or they're withholding sex as a weapon. They don't realize, no, the women just don't want to have sex because they're mad at him or whatever. That's right. And so if the men want to know what to do, you know, particularly, I can't say they want to know what to do about everything, mm-hmm. but this, yes. they want to know what to do. They do. They want sex. That's why I'm using the word sex, not in, okay. sex or intercourse, okay. not lovemaking, because lovemaking has different meanings. Right. Um, there are lots of ways to make love without having intercourse. Mm-hmm. Um, so men want intercourse, and... Um, Therefore, they're going to be very happy to learn that there are things that they could do to make sure they have a better chance of having it happen. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground here (laughs) and cleared up a lot of uh, myths about male and female communication. You know, I'm glad you wrote this book because we needed it. There's nothing out there like it that I know of. No, there's, there's not. And let me tell you, if there were, I would not have written it because I really... In fact, I was in the middle of another book when I decided I had to write this one, so I put the other book aside. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, because it's, it's important. That's why. 
yes. And, yes. Um, and so the, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, go ahead. I was just going to wrap up, but go ahead. Well, I'm good. Maybe we're going to say the same thing. So you see, I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Too much. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I was just going to say, yes, that your uh, website is, well, you, you gave the website before, genderdictionary.com. But, right. And that's where they can get free excerpts as, as, and if they want to buy the book. Actually, I should say that there is a pre-publication discount going on right now. The book is being delayed, so it's supposed to have been out already. It's not going to be out now uh, probably till the end of August. Okay. So the pre-publication discount you can uh, get on that same webpage, genderdictionary.com. Wonderful. Discount is always good. So I'm glad at least it's available online. And um, thank you so much for being on. It was very enlightening. Thank you. I've been and enjoyed talking with you. Well, thank you. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Lucia. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Dr. Gail Lewis. No, Karen Gail Lewis. Three names. Can't forget. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the book was Why Don't You Understand? A Gender Relationship Dictionary. And that is it for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me. My uh, website, theartoflove.net, where you can sign up for my free weekly newsletter. And also join me on Facebook because I put personal pictures up there of what's been happening in my life. I went to Corvette Mike's wedding last night. Um, If you've been listening to my shows, you know he was on the show and I explained or had him explain how he came to marry this girl this woman, and uh, I'm actually going to have her on uh, later on another time because I want to get her point of view because something very interesting happened I I found out last night, so you'll want to stay tuned for that at uh, another show on another date. Uh, You can also get excerpts from my book, Lucia's Lessons of Love at LessonsOfLove.net, and finally, remember that love inspires, empowers, uplifts, and enlightens. You're listening to The Art of Love with your host, Lucia, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.